Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. Hey guys, welcome to the studio today. My name is Aaron, and I am joined here today with my co-host, Stephen. Hey, Where We Land family. And Laura. Hey, everybody. And we're so glad to be with you as we're going to have a conversation on emotions, specifically the emotion of fear. So we hope you'll join us for the full discussion ahead. Well, guys, we're talking about fear today, and I guess maybe what would be really fitting to kind of talk about it is, has there ever been a time in your life where you were like super fearful of something? Like yes. regular, like, like yes. regular fear well, or think, irrational here's fear? Here's the thing. I think there's a difference between like temporary fears that we have, like circumstantial fears, and then more of like a deep-seated fear, which we're going to make that distinction mm-hmm. here on the right. podcast later. But like, what about some like really like temporary, like, I mean, is there anything you guys are like afraid of? Like currently, yeah, or things I mean, that we've come dealt on, with you know, in like our people are like afraid of the dark or afraid of clowns or like what is okay, fair enough. Clown, okay, yeah. clowns. Are you, are you afraid no, of clowns? No, man. I grew up in Elkhart, Indiana, and they had the 4 H fair, and I was there every year and uh, didn't get scared of the clowns. I one thought bit. you were going to tell me you were one of the clowns, and that was going to make <laughs> me so happy. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Hey, along no, the lines no. of clowns, though, but I was the Chick fil A cow for a lot of times. See, do you know what I but hate? That's not a clown. Do you know what I hate and have been but afraid of it. since I was a child is things like that, like the like the Chick fil A cow. And then the, but for me as a child, it was going to the mall and then there's the Easter bunny and the Easter bunny. You can't see the, his face. I just don't understand the obsession with the Easter bunny. Or, or Santa. So you got Santa and the Santa Easter bunny in the mall. See. No, no, no. The in the mall. But the phobia <laughs> comes with you're the little kid and you're walking by your mom and then Santa catches your eye and then yeah. you have eye contact and I was like, I'm not sitting on Santa's lap yeah. or the Easter bunny's got the weird little, come over here, little one, come over here. And I would hide to behind my mother. Listen, listen. <laughs> I still, Is he saying that or was that like a perceived? What, <laughs> hearing as a five-year-old, I'm like, I'm not going to that giant bunny well so i still i still weird phobias i go into the mall and i'm like oh no the easter bunny's here now he's gonna want me to bring my kids over there avoid <laughs> eye contact so i like quick dodge out of the way there's still so, a fear there about so the easter kind bunny of along there with the or the or or and santa i can't look at santa either because then i don't want him i just don't want to have any kind so of this is a part of your children's childhood that they're going to miss out on so sure that's right. fine I, mean, I, mean, I feel saying, really good about has, it though. they already missed out on they it. have <laughs> never sat on they Santa's lap there. they have never seen, given in a picture with the Easter Bunny and that is largely because I just can't even can't handle it no. so I'll never forget when I was like four or five um, somehow I like walked in and my family was like watching Left Behind and oh, I like saw yes. when I was like four or five which is a movie series it, it's a movie series about how like the like in times and the possible rapture of the church and things like that. So anyway, like I always grew up with like this deep seated fear. Like when I was like between the ages of like four and probably 11 of just being alone and I hated it. And um, so like if I was in a store and like got like left by my parents, like I never got left by my parents, but if like they went on a different aisle and I wasn't watching, I'd be like super freak out. And um, a funny story about that, by the way, there was this friend of mine and they played a prank on his younger brother once because he was super fearful of like being alone. So they laid out all the clothes in one room and then they blew a trumpet 
and no, then they ran into the other room. No, he like they ran didn't. in, and he started like they had their brother like crying in like the floor, like weeping in a ball. Anyway, and if you don't, don't know do what we're home. talking about, what is that in reference to? It's <laughs> in reference to the trump of the Lord shall sound, and like all these things in like the Bible, and different Christian denominations believe a little bit of different things on some of that. But um, some denominations would believe that like the Lord will return and rapture His church away, right? Uh, and it and will happen at a trumpet, a and all that's ra- so left is a pile of clothes. Anyway, hilarious. Um, that but poor kid. Yes. Um, but anyway, I I don't have that fear anymore because I have very uh, I have a lot of peace about my salvation relationship with the Lord. But um, I was always also afraid of the dark, and it made its way even into my like teenage years. And I got over it by like going hunting at four a.m. in the morning and walking in in the dark. But I'll never forget like the dark is creepy. Like one time I almost stepped on a deer because I was walking in so quiet and like it literally jumped up in front of me and it literally almost made my heart stop. And mm-hmm. like the dark's creepy. And like mm-hmm. even as an older adult, like I'm not scared of the dark, but I'm not like the first person that's like, let's just chill in the dark, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a little, can be a little creepy. That's hey, what's happening in the dark. Huh? Aaron, you're up. I just, <laughs> I had a lot of, I have, well, I think probably the most, I'll give you two stories because I want to segue into our conversation today. But I think recently, probably, and I'd say probably like maybe like four or five years ago, uh, I was working on my Master Divinity. I was finishing that. And at the time, we didn't have a office. My office at the house got moved to permanently be at the church because Jessica wanted a guest room for family to come and visit. And so when I was working on papers or I would have to work on like school late at night, I I would have to come up to the office and, you know, our our church already is an older building. Like, so, so the church where we serve, I think the building was built in like the 1920s. So like, it's a very older building, but it's been updated. It has a lot of additions. And so one of the rooms that I was in for my office, it was like kind of way down the hall and it was just off to the side. It was like across from the nursery. All right. And a kind of catty corner from the nursery. All right. And so I'd be like there working on a paper at like 1130 at night. And all of a sudden a toy in the nursery <laughs> would go off. Now, let me tell you, this is like more like it happened more times than it was just like a little thing. And I can't tell you the amount of like, you know, the instant like weird fear of like, first, who is here? Like who should not be here at 1130 at night? But then it's like a toy like a little like creepy a toy oh, yeah, or creepy yeah. toys. <laughs> and actually Stephen knows because his office was my office after the fact and he can speak it to this it has happened to me before I and it is creepy it is, it is like, so creepy that's 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 probably something quite recent like in my life where I could be like that was a tangible fear that I just you know it's just it's stupid it's nothing I remember going in the room and being like okay that's that's weird you know but there are fears in life. I think there's what we're going to talk about in the podcast today is maybe some circumstantial fears, you know, like you have a phobia or a fear of something, but those are very different than like the deep seated fears of life, you know, fear of loss or death or illness. Sometimes it's things that are, are far more deeper. You know, I think one of the things that really showed me the fear that exists in our society today, I I remember that, um, I I think it was Billy Graham, he used to say that as he preached, that there was always like three things working behind the scenes every time he preached. And one of those things was the fear of death. He said, every time I know that I preach, I, I know that that's always in the heart of man, that people are, they have that question. That's the question that they're working through. And, you know, this past year, with all the circumstance of COVID, I think COVID really showed us the deep seated fear within our society of how people are fearful 
for their life. They're fearful about illness. They're fearful, really ultimately about death. I'll never forget. I was at the grocery store and like, you guys remember like when there was like that shortage on like toilet paper and when paper people towels. Were literally and, like trying to like yeah. knife you over paper okay, towels. Okay, so here's the thing. I literally <laughs> ran out of toilet paper like the week of. Mm-hmm. Like, so I wasn't one of those like hoard buyers. Like we just went, I bought one bag or like what, what do you call it? I Container box? What is a no, what is toilet paper? Is it a bag of toilet paper? No, it's not. It's Container? Co- it's not any of these things. I don't know what it is. Package. 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 There it is. Package. So I had to go get a package of toilet paper and I had to go to Sam's because that's where we get our stuff. And I'll never forget like the mad rush for the stuff. And then I can remember like the weeks after all of that was going on and you would be in the grocery stores and maybe you guys can relate to this, but like you could cut the tension with a knife. Mm -hmm. Like that is how uneasy people were. And you could tell just how fearful people were with the whole experience. And I I think it's, it's one of those things that it shows, you know, oftentimes if we want to suppress that or act like that that's not there but 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 really people have a lot of those deep-seated fears fear Mm -hmm. of illness fear of loss fear of rejection ultimately the fear of death and so today we want to talk about on the podcast what is that well let's begin this way i want to define for you what is fear oftentimes when we think about fear and we use it in our average everyday vocabulary we're talking about worry anxiety dread maybe we talk about like an unsettledness or an apprehensiveness, but Merriam-Webster defines fear this way. They said it's an unpleasant, often strong emotion, an often unpleasant and often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. It can also be translated to have an anxious concern over something, or another definition would be a a profound reverence and awe, especially toward God, or number four, they give a a reason for alarm. So I think most of us, when we think about fear in our average everyday life, we think about one and two. We think about really that anxious concern, and often it's a strong emotion caused by an anticipation or an awareness of danger, right? So, So every person has struggled with fear, right? I mean, fear is no respecter of person. It affects people of all ages. So, so as we think about fear and the fear in our, in in our society today, do you think that there's some fears that maybe wouldn't show up right on the surface, but if we were to press a little deeper, we, we would actually discover that that's a type of fear. Oh, guaranteed. Um, people do not often like to show fear, <laughs> right? And, um, in our day and age, um, fear is weakness is often how people view it. Right. And, um, fear, if people carry fears that we would probably never know about until we build a relationship with them close enough to where maybe they would be willing to share one with us, you know? And, um, I would highly agree with that. What do you think, Laura? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think that there's so many different levels to fear too. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. yeah there's a lot of levels. Um, there's also like socially acceptable fears, I think. Mm. And then there's in like what ways? Um, like. So I think I think that COVID was a socially acceptable fear. I will admit that I was terrified of COVID, mostly for people in my life, my in my life that were um, like they were compromised because of their health and were on those lists of people that shouldn't get it. And um, but you know for it seemed to be a socially acceptable fear or sometimes like a fear of rejection or um, I don't know. There's just things that seem to be more common and people are okay with uh, or fear of loss Mm -hmm. or whatever. But we have, I think each of us have really 
personalized fears Mm -hmm. in our lives. And that's a deeper level that is just so much harder to sometimes identify in our own lives. But also we don't feel comfortable sharing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would even say depression is a kind of fear yeah. in, in a sense. But what do you think you're afraid of when you're depressed? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I think it changes for every person, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's what 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 they feel like. I think when, I'm, when I've been depressed, I'm afraid I'm going to stay that way. Okay. There's a fear there of, of just being stuck in, in what could be sadness or whatever has led you to that place. So let me ask you guys this way. There, there is a difference between anxiety mm-hmm. and concern. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in those definitions, I mean, um, just because, you know, you think about a parent and their child's playing in the street. Well, you wouldn't let your child play in the street. Right. You know, because you, you're a bad parent. if you right. Do, right? I mean, that, 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 that's just a real concern because there's a right relationship that you have with the fear source of that street. I mean, you understand what could happen yeah. on it. But in the same way, like... Um, you know, we, we can think about a number of different things. We asked the question last time as we were working through fear, we talked about, you know, that question of like, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. Kind of working to the bottom of that fear, asking ourselves, you know, for people that is it, there, maybe their depression is a kind of fear. Well, what is it for them? Mm-hmm. What is it that you really want? And, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about fear because the Bible actually calls the Christians to not live in a state of fear, but the Bible calls us overcomers mm-hmm. and, and ultimately to, to find our security in who God is and our lives every day are faced with all these voices that would so speak into the fears that would be maybe present in our life. Right. Right. I want to go back for a second to what you said about concern and anxiety. We like to use the phrase anxiety or the, the word anxiety because it sounds um, very clear and very clinical. And that's, you know, I like to use that, but, I think anxiety really is fear. Like when when you get down to it, that that anxiety is is a form of fear. And for me, sure. what that is, to me, the difference between concern, like you said, a kid playing in the street, you know, you're, you're you should be concerned about that. And anxiety is. Wouldn't you agree that anxiety is when you're playing out scenarios in your head that haven't happened, that could happen, but haven't happened, and then you're having the physical and emotional responses to those things that haven't actually happened in yet. the future and in the future yeah, and we're going to get to that because yeah. i think that is definitely a part of it fear is the ill fear the way fear i always say fear and um anxiety play off of each other is like fear is the seed that when it's ill used or improperly used or uncontrolled can lead into anxiety right it's mm-hmm. like anger when it's not controlled can lead to bitterness right like these emotions are emotions but when they're not dealt with well, they lead into depression, to anxiety, for fear specifically. Like if I don't, if I use it in a wrong way or if I don't control it, it can lead to places that are just absolutely like and utterly wrong. And the Bible connects each of these things, right? So like in our emotion series so far, when we looked at anger, well, there's definitely an, a righteous anger of God, but then there's a, there's an anger of man that doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Right. So then there's, when we looked at like sadness, that, that there's that connection, that strong connection between sadness and grief to what the Bible is describing for us as hope. And I think when we talk about fear today on the podcast, we have to consider the strong relationship that exists that should exist between our fears and faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Because actually faith and fear both require me to believe in something I can't see. Like you alluded to it, like that fear in the future type of fear, mm-hmm. right? Not not like a real concern of something that you have the power and the control to do something about, but like something that's beyond your control really is a fear 
and, and, and faith and fear are both something that require us to believe in something we can't see. And every one of us are making choices daily as to which of those realities we're going to live in. Um, you know, I think it's interesting as we think about emotions that the Bible has actually a lot to say about fear. It, the most, did you guys know this? That the most commanded, repeated command in all of scripture is fear not. Mm-hmm. You find that in the Bible over 300 times. Like three hundred times, trying to get a point across. It sounds <laughs> like yeah, and I think I think when we see that, like the word "afraid" occurs two hundred, the word "fear" is used over four hundred, and that phrase "to fear not" is used over three hundred. So, I mean, obviously, this is something that God wants us to understand, and I think also it's repeated so often because God knows this is something that we all struggle with. You know, and in our series here on emotions, we have talked about anger and sadness. And we, in those episodes, if you haven't listened to them yet, you should go back and check them out. We talk about how Jesus specifically experienced both of those. Now, a few weeks ago, we had a meeting where we all sat around and debated whether or not we thought Jesus experienced fear. And uh, like we see clearly he had anger, righteous anger. We see that he was called the man of sorrows in Isaiah 53 and other passages where we see his sadness. But we couldn't actually nail down a situation where Jesus experienced fear. And we're not talking about fear of God, which I'm sure we'll get into, but like actual fear. He, I, I, we couldn't find a place where we saw that. And why was that? Because actually, I think we were all on different sides we of this. We were, I think. and we were like really getting upset about us. it. All four of us were there, and we were all having this conversation. And we were all kind of talking over each other and having really loud feelings about it. And then in the end, we're like, okay, we have to stop. We have to stop. But but why? Do you remember where we landed? I think we uh, landed on still... we need to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, so so let's talk about that a second. Yeah. You want to, you, I mean, you go yeah. ahead. Because I, I don't know you, where, I don't I know exactly. I think you exactly. and Morgan, actually it's funny because you yeah. and Morgan, I think we're on a different place than Stephen and, and I And Morgan's were. not here. So she can't defend herself. Well, so. I think Sorry, where bro. we were specifically talking about was the yeah. Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, because <clears> that's where I think we would have gone. Now, but if you go back again and listen to our sadness episode, I think we we identify the feelings that Jesus was actually having. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as I process through it, I don't see Jesus experiencing fear like I experience fear. Right. So I think I've come around and probably agree more with you guys as I have thought through that. Yeah. I think theologically, maybe where we get uh, confused a little bit is probably when we go to like that book of Hebrews and where it talks about like we have a great high priest who is... Um, not unable to like, you know, sympathize with our weakness, but with, but was in all points tempted as we are yet so without sin. And so I tempted to fear. I, okay. That's what I would get sure. from that. Now that but I, I think thought through I think it where people extrapolate and pull everything mm-hmm. was, Oh, Jesus experienced everything that I experienced yes. in order to relate to me. And I think w- that's not the point that the Bible is making because yes. the Bible makes the point that in his humanity, uh, you know, Jesus entered into our human nature and, you know, he was the second Adam, but, but, but Jesus did not deal with things like we deal with them. I think yes. the, the illustration that often is, I think kind of used is um, maybe you think about it like a doctor or a surgeon, you know, well, they're able to rightly treat or could, you know, treat the problem of like, you know, a malignant tumor or something like that that was cancerous without the doctor himself actually experiencing that firsthand. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But he he knows it. He He's able to empathize with it. And he ultimately is the solution, you know, mm-hmm. for that. So I think when we think about Christ, it's it's realizing that, yes, Jesus does embrace in our humanity um, emotion, 
But once again, we got to remember that he was the God man. Yeah. And it's not saying that like Jesus never dealt with any type of like concern as a child, like maybe a (laughs) concern like we used earlier, like concern of crossing the street or concern of like that fear of harm. Like we're not saying that that, but what we are saying is like, I would challenge you personally, go look in the Bible and try and find a place where Jesus actually had a deep seated fear. I don't think you're going to find one. And I think the reason we don't find that is because of 2 Timothy 1.7, yeah. <laughs> which is we're gonna go. fear does not come from God. Boom. So so here I am admitting, so, guys, no, that Stephen and Aaron were right. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we were. But No, you were. I think you were. While, I, I, I while, feel like we can't talk about this because Morgan's not here to defend herself because I feel oh, like she true. was more passionate Listen. about this than any of us. But she had good thoughts. She, she did. did have she good sure thoughts. Did. She did. She did have good thoughts. We so miss you, Morgan. Fear, while f- deep-seated fear does not come from God, we are to still fear God, though, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, there, just like, um, just like we talked about sadness and hope being a paradox, uh, fear and faith is a paradox because we're supposed to fear God. Yeah. But when our fear impedes our faith in God, we have a problem. Because fear is a God-given emotion. Like we talked earlier, I'm a fearful of touching a hot thing because I don't want to burn myself. Self-preserving. Self-preserving fear. Yeah. But deep-seated fear, it does not seem to come from God, according to Second Timothy. Well, you think I about, don't see it. No, no, because you think about other verses, right? Perfect love casts out fear. So we have to remember that, yes, Jesus had, a, 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 you know, I'm trying to think of our a own human church. experience. Yeah, he lived yeah. in human experience. So he had a human nature but he also was divine and i think we can't we can't miss out on that piece right that there is the relationship between both of those things the bible is actually going to teach us that we need to cultivate faith to replace our fear like a right understanding of faith is what we need in our life to replace all of those fears those deep-seated fears the bible makes the point in second timothy chapter one that fear does not come from god God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so, and, and, and this is where we're going to take some time to really unpack today, because in some respect, in some respects, the answer to all my other fears is really having a right fear of God. When I have a right and healthy fear of God, I really have no reason to be afraid of anything or anyone else, because if I ultimately believe that God is sovereignly and providentially in control of this world and that my life is in his hands. And I realize that there's, there's no oops in God's vocabulary, right? I mean, we, we often struggle with fear because it's so much of the unknown, but we realize the Bible teaches us that God is eternal. And so um, let's, let's, can we just unpack first Timothy a little bit? I'm sorry, second Timothy chapter one, anything you guys want to add to before we do unpack it though? No, let's unpack it. I love this verse. So here's Paul, right? And he's writing to Timothy, who is a young pastor who had just taken over the church there at Ephesus. And Timothy grows up, you know, in the small town in Asia Minor. And Ephesus is like a big city. And now we find that, you know, he's there to take over and really um, shepherd and along with the elders there in Ephesus. But many people would look to Timothy as probably the maybe senior pastor of the church of Ephesus. We can think about it in modern day vernacular, right? And Stephen there, I'm sorry, Timothy, is feeling the threat of persecution in Rome. 
He feels the hostility of people within the church that is really questioning Stephen's leader. I keep saying Stephen. Why do I keep saying I think that? Because I'm sitting here. No, but not, I don't know why I say that. Stephen was an axe. Maybe I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's in the Bible. That's legitimate. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Anyway, Timothy. Timothy, Timothy. 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 Timothy was facing all of these things. And then he was facing, you know, all the accusations from false teachers, even within the community. And I think you put yourself in Timothy's place and all of that. And you're like, man, certainly he had maybe some opportunity to be fearful. And that's why Paul reminds him there in verse seven, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So what is, what is it that Paul is admonishing him about? Well, he's reminding him that to, and I love the, the, what the determination or not the determination, excuse me, the, the wording that he uses a spirit of like, this is a way of living. This is a way of uh, acting. He didn't give you Timothy, the deep seated fear that you probably have right now because you don't feel qualified and you're in a position where you don't know what you're doing or feel like you don't know what you're doing, but you probably do. But he didn't give you the spirit. He didn't give you a mindset, Timothy. He gave you a spirit of power. And, And when I think of this, and you look over in John 14 and you compare like John 14 and 15 to second Timothy. And then you compare like the Bible to this. Like if you are living in a spirit of fear, you're not living in the Holy spirit's control because the Holy spirit lives inside of you and he's the comforter and he's the one who's there. So it kind of goes back to what earlier, what you were saying, Aaron, if I have a correct fear of God, then my other fears should know their place. Um, cause like, if you look, if you look at like the wording, um, that's used in the new Testament, when they translate the word fear, uh, the big one is a uh, phobos and we get phobia from it. Right. And, um, the way that if you read in strong's, I love how strong's defines it. It defines it as like a reverence, but it also defines it as fear being an impediment of my worship, faith, and love for God. And I think that that's a really good three pronged, um, approach to take in your life. If you're looking at fear in your life and you're like, well, is this a deep seated fear? Is this a fear of this? Or is this like, is this an okay emotion of fear? Well, think through it in your life. Is the fear impeding your worship of God, your faith in God, or your love for God and others. Mm -hmm. And if your fear is doing that, it's probably, (laughs) it's a wrong fear. (laughs) You know, it's pretty straightforward. And, um, I love the way that Paul uses the term spirit, because it really just denotes um, how powerful fear can be. Yeah, it can he, really overtake yeah, our life. He's talking about like a, an attitude that a person's living in, a, a disposition that a person embraces. And I think oftentimes the fears in our life begin in our patterns of thinking of how we're going to think about something. Far often uh, something begins in our mind and we, we allow a thought to take root into our mind. And, and, and be, before long, we've built up this entire fear that that in our mind it just it just in it just completely um it crushes us it right i mean it just takes over and the bible's like hold on god has not given us a spirit of fear but look at the, what he has given he's given us the spirit of power the holy spirit of god living within us so we're trusting in his almighty power his love that we we realize that that god is is an everlasting loving God who is working. The Bible teaches us in Romans, all things in our life, ultimately for our good and his glory. And he's given us this, this sound mind, knowing that, 
that ultimately, hey, my life is in his hands. And if my life's in the Lord's hands, then then I, I, I can trust him in that. So if the spirit of fear is then defined as a pattern of thinking, a ha- like to me, it, it sounds like a habit, a habit mm-hmm. of thinking, the spirit of fear, it leads me to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So any thoughts that come in that are raised against what we know from God's word to be true about God, and we need to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's all of those fears that we would be tempted to embrace. We realize that the Bible ultimately gives us an answer to every one of those things. And the answer to every one of those fears is God himself. Mm-hmm. It, it may be different aspects of his nature, different aspects, aspects of his character. But ultimately, it is God in all of those things that is the answers to our fears. And far often, going back to what you were talking about earlier, Laura, most often our fears are associated with things of the future, right? So things that we feel like we don't know or or what's going to happen. And it's always surrounded by the word might, you know, it's like, but yet what does the Bible say about future to God? Like he, he is the one who always was, always is, and always will be. So let me ask you guys, you know, you were talking about being afraid of the dark growing up, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So when you were feeling that way, I mean, did your parents ever come in and help, you know, maybe not as an well, older kid, but a younger kid, a like younger turn on the kid, light for you? A younger kid, what I did was I had a night light that I slept with. And then um, part of that, too, the older I got, the more that it just went away. But my parents would come in sometimes, and if I was super afraid of the dark, they would comfort, you know? And that reminds me of kind of like (laughs) the Holy Spirit's in our life to literally do that for us constantly. However, I mean, just shooting straight with you about what happened in my life. I mean, and I know like being afraid of the dark might be different than what you're afraid of. Okay. You might be afraid of something much more real or like the Easter Um, bunny or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're dealing (laughs) in generalities here. You might have something in your life that you are deathly afraid of that is real and right in front of you. However, I did have someone who helped comfort and I did have some things that were helping in that, but there was a time where I did have to face my fear Mm. and I had to face it through, I mean, I had to do it. And I think in our life, like we were talking about fear of the dark just then, but in life, when there are things that we're super afraid of, we have the comforter who gives us strength. And so when we face our fears, we don't have to do so alone. We face our fears through the power of God in us. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that in uh, this day and age where um, I, I know like counseling students and stuff, there's a constant uh, fear of things. And many times families don't often always encourage their students to face their fears. And I believe that that's wrong. I believe people must face their fears And if you are not willing to face your fear, um, why is that? You know, because if we do not face our fears, we will be controlled by them, you know, and we don't face our fear alone. We face our fear because we fear God and he lives inside of us. And thus we have the power through him to face those things that we're afraid of. But it's when we face our fears that we truly can start to have victory in that area. Like Mm -hmm. when I I didn't start becoming comfortable in the dark until I faced my fear and I went out in the dark. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And if the antidote to fear is faith, then... That makes, you know, we go in, we go into our, we face our fears, knowing the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that's given to us and that we have the Holy Spirit with us, like you said, Stephen. 
But if faith if faith is the antidote to fear, it it makes me remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's good. And that good. is uh, from Romans ten. But to to build my faith is that that is found by reading God's word. Yeah. By and, being immersed in the truth of what he has said to be true about me and about my life. You know, and, and I think the one statement that is made in the gospels about Jesus' return is remember when he says he's like, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? You know? And I think we're living in a day to day where people are not living in faith. And we're, we're, we're tempted to listen to so many voices around us, the voices on social media, or maybe it's the voices on the nightly news or a government press conference or whatever you want. And, and we're constantly confronted by so many voices that are probably living in a state of fear. And so all the much more we need to surround ourselves and hear the word of God, you know, because how else can we grow in our faith if we're not growing in his word and and knowing his word so that we know who he is uh, because it really is i mean it 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 requires me in my life to cultivate faith in order to really replace those fears and i think i think for so many people they would find so much help if they would simply open up the bible and consider what god is saying in his word about those things and uh because it it you know it doesn't remove you know um the situation from you, but you're allowed to go through that situation with with an attitude of faith, rather than being completely, you know, constricted by living a life in fear. So, what do you guys think as we kind of end this conversation today on emotions? Any other last minute things you want to talk about? You know, I would just go back to encouraging everybody out there as you think through this. Um, it's not that. <laughs> I've always said it's not that we we or I, whenever we talk about this, that we're trying to minimize your fear, but what we are trying to do is maximize your God. And if God is truly bigger than your fear, then that is the focus of our lives because ultimately we can fear what's going to happen to us. But ultimately, if our life is not our own as a Christian, then why would I fear what man can do to me? Hmm. I want to leave you with a quote that comes from Neil T. Anderson. Listen to what he says about fear. He put it this way. He says, fear is a thief. It erodes our faith. It plunders our hope. It steals our freedom. And it takes away our joy of living the abundant life in Christ. Phobias are like the coils of a snake. The more we give into them, the tighter they squeeze. Tired of fighting, we succumb to the temptation and surrender to our fears. But what seemed like an easy way out becomes in reality a prison of unbelief, a fortress of fear that holds us captive. And I think about the good news that Jesus preaches in the gospel in Luke chapter 4, where he came to preach deliverance to the captives, right? So Jesus comes and he comes to offer himself to us as uh, the way that we could overcome real dominant fears in our life. And we can move forward in the days ahead, not living in a state of fear, but living in an attitude that is walked with him, living by faith. Thank you for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Hey, listen, if there's anything we talked about on the show today that you would like to know more about, we would love to hear from you. So be sure to send us your thoughts or questions and connect with us on social media, either on Facebook or on Instagram. You can also find us on our website at whereweland.org. 
Hey, if you've not yet taken the time to do so, we'd really encourage you to head over to Apple Podcast, where you can rate and review this podcast uh, to help us get the message out to more folks. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us for the conversation today, and we'll see you here next time.